some people will very bluntly say something along the lines of, no blacks, no Asians, no Hispanics. That's what 26-year-old Alex Leon, an LGBT activist from London who uses Grindr, said on a BBC News article in relation to the racism that he faces during online dating. On this week's episode of Don't Date Me, we're going to explore racism during online dating, its impact and what we can do about it. No dirty talk, just podcasts, no turn-ons, so turn me on, by that I mean, this podcast, not interested, so don't date me, review me, just rate me, like, subscribe, don't date me, review me, just rate me, like, subscribe, don't date me. Alexa, play the podcast, Don't Date Me. Okay, speaking of which, follow us on Instagram at It's James Bart, and Twitter at It's James Bart. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it? At It's James Bart. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jamie, a 36-year-old, 6'4", bisexual man and closeted Christian. If you're a cat person, enjoy video games and don't want to move into my flat, I'll probably date you. This is Don't Date Me, a podcast where a certain number of adults discuss dating each week. And this week... I am flying solo, and it looks like every time I'm doing a completely solo episode of the full-length episodes of the podcast, it's always like a serious subject matter, because last time, from memory, it was like season one, and it was the history of the HIV-AIDS epidemic, and my personal story as well. Um, So yeah, we're going in hard and fast with the deep subject matters once again, but just in a different way this week. (laughs) So what's been happening? Well... Episode one of our spin-off podcast, the Faith Me podcast, is available now. That's Faith Me. So instead of exploring matters of sexual identity, we explore matters of faith. And it's not what you expect. It's not religion. So you can check out the first episode on all your good usual podcast places. And aside from that, what else have I been up to? Well, just back to work, really, after having some time off and just getting back into my routine mostly which involves trying to spend no money at the moment i'm trying to be very frugal uh you know how it is those little little credit cards those mother hubbards uh but yeah and what else i've been up to well i've started to watch the latest season of the crown which has been fascinating and worrying and troublesome and yeah i don't know i just i i sometimes watch the crown and i'm like i know this is like slightly fictionalized but also this is this is stuff that actually happened and that's problematic. But anyway, <laughs> and also as well as that, I've been kind of just playing spooky video games. Apparently the only video games I play now are spooky, but hey ho. Well, on this week's episode, we're going to be tackling racism and dating. Now on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash don't date me pod, we did a poll 
or were doing a poll even. Um, and the question is, have you ever seen or experienced racism on dating apps and online dating? I or not? So head over to Twitter and cast your vote because I'm pretty sure it's gonna kind of be 100% or near enough for having experienced or seen racism on online dating. Uh, for today's episode, you can check out the show notes uh, for all the online resources and online sources used for today's episode. Generally speaking, I've always been aware of racism in queer dating and especially online. It's kind of almost like white noise in the background that gets louder from time to time. But it wasn't until I experienced racism myself that I began to understand the feeling of utter frustration, disappointment and resentment that it can cause. So a few years back, when I was living and working in America for three months doing summer camp, I dated an African-American girl. And it isn't the first time I've dated someone uh, of a different ethnicity to myself. Uh, It's not something I actively go out to do, but sometimes it happens from time to time that I just meet someone interesting and, and if they interest me, then we date. And we did. And I just, this example will always forever be cemented in my mind. We were sitting in a train station in Charlottesville now, Charlottesville in America, uh, Google that. Google that just now, and I'll just wait here whilst you have a look. But um, in 2018, there was a whole bunch of stuff that happened. Um, and I was coming in in the tail end of that when things start to move on from effectively the race riots that happened there, I guess is all you can really call it. And uh, I was coming in doing my youth work thing in a summer camp. And I didn't see much outright racism but I experienced some so me and my partner at the time we were sitting in a train station in Charlottesville and there was this old man that was just kind of staring at us and it wasn't like we were sitting being inappropriate or anything we were just sitting holding hands and and like hugging as far as I can remember I just remember him looking at us with such this like look of disgust not like obvious disgust but just like this very like passive aggressive neutered outwardly expression of disgust and it made me feel really uncomfortable and I didn't know what was going on I actually said to her I was like hey what's with that man and she was just like he's just racist and then I realized that that is the reality of being in a biracial couple and I just I never really thought about it because to me it's not an issue and I never thought that I would experience any sort of backlash for it, but I did, and it kind of like shifted my perception a little bit because when that kind of external experience becomes internal, it kind of shifts things. So, and I know for what it's worth, you know, that's my experience, and it's from a very privileged, cisgendered, white perspective, so I'll never fully be able to understand, and nor should I have the right to fully understand other people's experiences, but it doesn't mean I can't empathise or, or try to talk about things and make things better, I guess, to a certain extent. So, let's look at the wider issues. Stonewall, the UK's leading charity for lesbian, gay, bi and trans equality, has released research that shows the extent of racism within the LGBTQ community. The research is based on YouGov statistics over 5,000 LGBT people were polled. Stonewall 
found that half of black, Asian and minority ethnic LGBT people, that's 51%, said they faced discrimination or poor treatment from the wider LGBT community. Over half of them, which is crazy. The situation is particularly bad for black LGBT people. Three in five, that's 61%, have experienced discrimination from other LGBT people, according to the Stonewall study. The abuse black, Asian and minority ethnic LGBT people face from the community includes feeling excluded from queer spaces and hurtful comments. The research also found that trans people, disabled people and those of faith were at significant risk of exclusion. More than a third of trans people, that's 36%, say they've experienced discrimination from within the community. Now, this is terrible. Does this surprise you? I think it it did surprise me. I hoped for better, but I was still surprised at how high the numbers were. You know, for how open and inclusive our queer community seems to be, I'm always taken aback by how insular and discriminatory we can be. But don't take it from me, here are some testimonials that Stonewall released. So Sylvia, who's 20 years old from South East England said, As a feminine bisexual woman, I have often been read as straight and therefore frowned upon in LGBTQ spaces. For example, I was once refused entry to a famous LGBTQ London bar while in a group of friends who are mostly queer men of colour and have been and have received sarcastic comments from staff members at a local LGBTQ club. I believe very strongly that many LGBTQ spaces are not welcoming to people of colour, older trans people and visible disabled people. Lewis, 32, from the South East said, Being autistic means that a lot of LGBT communities aren't easily available to me and that people have questioned whether my orientation is a byproduct of my disability rather than a thing on its own. Are you kidding me? That makes me furious that people have said that to him or made him feel like that. Uh, that's, That's so disgusting. And also Asha, 21, from Northwest England said... Remember that it's not just white, cis, able people who are LGBT+. I am an Arab, ex-Muslim, autistic, mentally ill, poor brown girl who is also bi. No LGBT plus supports me or accommodates. I am invisible to you. Ooh. I don't know why, but that hits me hard that I am invisible to you. It's just, it shouldn't be like that. We should be inclusive. People should feel welcome. Oh, okay. But also here's what one of our listeners had to say. Jackie from London dropped us a WhatsApp voice note via our Instagram page. So the worst thing for me is before lockdown, my boyfriend and I were both on the apps and wherever we went, um, he'd get 10 times more messages than I did. And whilst I'm very happy for him and he is very, very hot, I also didn't think I'm 10 times less attractive than he is. Uh, context, he's white, I'm, I'm Asian. And anyway, it did very little for my self-esteem, so I deleted the apps for a couple of years while I sorted myself out and felt a lot better in the process. Um, I'm back on it now, so, okay. Jackie, I'm sorry, that sucks. But thank you for sharing your story. 
If you want to be featured on a future episode of Don't Date Me, you can do so by clicking the contact button on our Instagram page. Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> Instagram.com forward slash Don't Date Me Pod. So, with all this in mind, I just really wanted to challenge you to be critical of the way you interact with your own community, the LGBTQ community. Are you being inclusive? Are you aware of your own biases? Ask yourself, am I interacting online with unconscious biases? According to the University of California, San Francisco, Unconscious biases are social stereotypes about certain groups of people that individuals form outside of their own conscious awareness. Everyone holds unconscious beliefs about various social and identity groups, and these biases stem from one's tendency to organise social worlds by categorising. Which in itself, I guess, largely is you know, displayed within the queer community anyway. Like, the fact that we categorise each other so passionately. Bear, otter, lipstick, lesbian. All these weird terms that we we kind of find comfort in, I guess. Um, that's one aspect of the queer community I've always found curious. And kind of like an outsider of. Like, I do integrate with it to a certain extent, you know, I have a tendency and a fondness for jocks. <laughs> Too much information for the podcast, probably, but oh well, we've said it now. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. And also kind of reflecting on the subject matter in preparation for today's show, I kind of just thought again about my experience at the MIK Music Festival in London, just that past summer there. Uh, the Maiden Career Music Festival. Um, you know, I was one of the minorities there. You know, it was mostly an Asian crowd, which was super cool. And, and it's been a long time since I felt like a minority. And it was refreshing. And it, and it I don't know, it really, it challenged me. And it was it was cool. And, it, and I made me realise that a lot of the time, I'm just surrounded by the same types of people and I need to make more, more of an effort to kind of diversify my friend group and just open myself up to more um, experiences and things. Uh, so yeah, it was it was cool. I was also the least fashionably dressed there, I have to say. So next time I'm going to put a lot more effort in my outfit, but hey-ho. <laughs> um, also, when I was doing research for today's episode, I came across a kind of closing statement from someone which I thought was kind of like a nice way to kind of round things up for the show. Um, on a Rolling Stones article about dating app ethnicity filters, which I feel like I could have gone in hard and fast on this subject matter for this episode about, I kind of feel like people have already kind of discussed that. And I just want to kind of like touch on the subject, generally speaking. Um but yeah, Lester Fabian Braithwaite, which is the best name I've ever heard in my life, said the following. He said, I've had to interrogate my desires my entire dating life. Why am I attracted to this guy? Why is this guy attracted to me? What role does my whiteness play in my attraction? What role does my blackness play in their attraction or aversion? It's the burden of my blackness. 
but it's time to start sharing that weight. It's not easy work, but it's given me the tools I need to fight the programming to which I've been exposed all these years. It's an ongoing fight, but there's no fixing the racism on these apps if we don't address the racism of the people who use it. Oof. Heavy, heavy, heavy. Heavy subject matter, but I feel it's important to kind of reflect on it and think on it, to be honest, and have a chat about it. Also, whilst I was researching for the episodes, uh, I came across this article which kind of made me roll my eyes at first, I have to admit. Um, A guide to, sorry, an anti-racist guide to dating by Paris Walters on cosmopolitan.com. Um, and the premise of it made me roll my eyes, but then I, I read it and I actually had some some good thoughts. And it basically outlines the way to ensure you're not you're not that you're not being racist, but that you're being anti-racist. So basically, how to date without being an asshole. Uh, so yeah, give it a read. The links in the show notes, along with all the other references from today's episode. So I guess in summary for this week's episode, be critical of your own thinking, challenge yourself challenge your unconscious biases i would say don't shy away from matters of race i think you should celebrate each other's differences rather than pretend they're not there there's joy to be had in learning about and sharing each other's cultural differences definitely call out bad behavior though when necessary and be an ally and obviously don't feed the trolls and i just want to say generally speaking We see you, we hear you, and DDM are your allies. Tell us what we can do better and let's keep moving things forward. So, we want to know your thoughts. Drop us a WhatsApp voice note or send us a message by hitting the contact button on our Instagram, instagram.com forward slash don't date me. And if you have a dating horror story, need some advice, or just really want to share an opinion, you can email it to don'tdatemepod at itsjamiesparks.com. Remember to follow the show on your favourite podcast apps and rate and review it as well as it helps people find the podcast. And we'll see you on next week's episode where we're going to be discussing kink. (laughs) That's right. Things are going to get spicy. And we're going to have some people joining me as well, which will be fun. So as we say in the same way every single week, stay socially aware. Don't be a racist piece of shit. And if you are... Don't date me. Hey, thank you for listening. The Don't Date Me podcast is created by Jamie Sparks Productions. If you enjoyed it, follow our show and rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. You can rate us each time you listen to an episode. Pure day it as it helps people find our show. Keep in touch by dropping us an email at don'tdatemepod at itsjamiesparks.com and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at don'tdatemepod. If you love what we're doing, please consider donating to UNICEF to aid the people of Ukraine. Recently, our listeners raised £410 after gift matching. You can find the link in the show notes. See you on the next episode.